I'm the lizard. And I'm the lasagna. And together, we're the lasagna, lasagna podcast. podcast. Oh, welcome back, everyone. It's yeah. been um, a two week hiatus. So we had spring break. So we took a break from the podcast. Yeah. And we come back. It's been pretty good. That's yeah, it was a good spring break. Fourth um, episode of the podcast. Oh, yeah. I traveled for my spring break. I went to Arizona. And uh, Torrent, what did you do for your spring break? I stayed at home and did nothing. Okay. I saw a new Minecraft world. Oh, really? And yeah, I've been building stuff. I That's found cool. that really fun. Well, speaking of airports, I hate them. Yeah? I hate I, I hate airports. Why do you I hate airports I cannot so stand much? them. I've been flying since, so for context, I've, my parents are split apart. My uh, mom, she lives in Texas and I live with her here. And my dad, he lives in Utah, but he's been going to Arizona and there for spring and winter summer and winter because he doesn't like the cold anymore but um i've been flying since i was like basically since i was born yeah and i've had to fly like by myself since i was probably about six or seven i guess it never gets any more fun and it's always (laughs) terrible i hate every time i have to go to the airport i dread it with so much passion in my body i hate the airport number one do you get there if it's like spring break, it's always packed. Like no matter what, no matter what day you leave, yeah, no matter what day you come. Yeah, that's the worst thing is how crowded it is. Is it gets packed. Yeah. Um, and they still make you wear masks there too. That's another thing. But you get there, you get your bag tag, you go up to the bag, and then oh no, your bag is a pound over fifty pounds. <laughs> you have a fifty-one pound bag. No, we not we're not allowing you to take this bag unless you pay us seventy-five dollars, of that's, course. That's so weird because like. What what are you gonna do? They Turn on some extra safety yeah, features. Yeah, they say it's a, like a safety issue, but if but if you pay more, the safety you then you're we safe. yeah then you're yeah. safe. Yeah, that's seventy five dollars really lighten your pockets. I wonder how much money they really make from that. Like maybe oh, I, I guess cannot, probably probably quite a bit. Probably, but anyway. Probably were like the. I had to do that last time. I'm just complaining about that, especially because <laughs> I like never had to do that, and it's so dumb and infuriating. Anyway. Then you go through the longest line to TSA where you move and then wait for about five minutes. Then you move another step. You wait for another five minutes. You move two steps and then you wait for 10 minutes. Yeah. And the then lines it's are just an, the worst part. Like that standing, is probably the worst part. Standing in a line and like waiting for something and standing somewhere else. If you're waiting the same time, it's, but if you're just not in the line, it's so much less stressful. It is the most rage inducing thing. It is my least favorite thing. I cannot stand it. Yeah. That's my that's also my least favorite part of me is about amusement parks. But anyway, yeah. You wait in the TSA line for about an hour. You finally get to the ticket checker. Checks your ticket, um, checks your ID, and then you go on to one of the security lines. You got to take off your pants. You got to take off your shoes, your hoodie, your hat, your glasses. Everything has to come off out of your pockets. If you have a freaking a computer or some a big electronic, it's got to come out. So yeah, like you can't just carry in your, your PS Five. You got to take that out. Yeah, which it goes to the same thing. Like why can't yeah. you just leave it in your? Actually, bag? at Phoenix they had one that I didn't have to take mine yeah, out for. Yeah, I've been buying nice. a couple times, and sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. Yeah, but anyway, and then you go through that. And then you go through the little, you stand in the little thing, you put your arms over your head, like you're about to do a jumping jack. <laughs> she says, stand still, stand still, or you're gonna die. And yeah, they go, always like tell you like, Ooh. like I'll already have my hands and up, then, and they're like, put your hands up, and I'm like, they're already up, and they're like, okay, yeah. like don't move until so, like I tell you, I'm like, okay, I'm not yeah. going to, like I've done this at least once before. Yeah, and then you go out, and then she's like, stop. Wait a minute, and then she, and then she says, oh, 
you need to go over there. And then you have some weird old guy and he touches your dingling and then like <laughs> fills your thighs and then touches your face and like just <laughs> with your face. Yeah. And he's he like, he and, then, and they sniffs you and he's like, you're good to go. <laughs> and then you go and then you and then you find out that one of your bags has also been taken so you have to watch them rummage through all of your crap one time i got stopped because i had like uh, i think it was a kool-aid um kool-aid. that was and then one time i got stopped because i had some chips one time i got stopped because i had a bandana one time i got stopped because i had toothpaste and um then finally you get through tsa and after um, menagering your way through multiple boss fights what it basically <laughs> is you walk six miles to your terminal cause you fly southwest and uh, it's six miles from uh, the entrance and the good food places are never by your terminal yes there's never any and and if you want food you want to go to Waterburger, you want to go to McDonald's get something off the dollar menu there's no such thing as cheap food at the airport it's yeah. all at least 20 bucks it's just a, just my own personal McDonald's order is like 20 bucks at the airport yeah it's like it is, 7 bucks it is bullcrap yeah like legitimate I get like bullcrap at like I could get a nice meal at like an Arby's for that much money <laughs> Yeah, but it's like there's always like some good fast food places, even though they're expensive. But yeah, they're never by your terminal. But they're always and, by and, your terminal. And the fast food lines, they're always understaffed. Always understaffed. Oh, they okay. have like one person working in the kitchen, and yeah. then like two people who can't understand English working the front desk. Yeah, they have so many options, but they're all so slow. Yeah. like just have like a couple less options and more people working. Though. Yes. Ex- yeah. And then you get your food. It's like I I don't even remember what I ordered. Maybe you get the wrong order because they don't even. Um, know what they gave you know what you ordered and then you get your food and you're almost late to your flight and by that time you got seaboarding and you got c60 you're so you're the last on the plane you finally get to scan your ticket get on the plane and it is a full flight woohoo my favorite so you have to manager your way trudge walk to the back of the plane right next to the toilet where you find the one last seat on the plane. A mother and child. No. How beautiful. How beautiful. Oh, no. A little baby boy. No. Maybe only a year old. <laughs> and he wants his iPad. He wants his iPad. And he is going to have his iPad. He's going to have whatever he wants. Because his mom is too lazy to discipline him. Is or this, do anything. Is, is this, this is uh, real. This is this a Reddit story right here? No, this is not. Like, this is this is my story. This is my personal story. Maybe you should put this on our Maybe I should. Parents. Maybe I should. But she does nothing about her little kid. Does she listen to Cocomelon the whole time? I'm... It was more like I was listening to him listen to Cocomelon <laughs> the whole time. That's the worst. But anyway, like, you, people... somehow, you somehow fall asleep during this tantrum and crap smell from the restroom. It's about two hours. Okay, so not not terrible. Yeah, but I mean, and those for, when I go to Utah, it's like two and forty minutes, I think, mm. almost three hours. But yeah, you listen to a whining, crying baby the whole time. You finally somehow fall I mean, asleep. Would it be with would, both would it be a flying experience if you were listening to a crying baby? Yeah, it, it really was not authentic. But you finally fall asleep, and then in the middle of the flight, 
you hear the whole plane start to shake <laughs> and you look out your window you see the wings they're flapping up and down they look like they're gonna <laughs> fall right off right off of the plane and then you hear the captain this is your captain speaking we're going through just a little bit of slightly rough air while you're sitting in your seat having a seizure because it's like an earthquake in the sky sky earthquake you have no idea how painful a sky, sky earthquake, earthquake is then you somehow fall back asleep and then you wake up the lights blind you you're on the plane the baby starts to scream again because it's been tired and he is ready to get off this plane just like you are so you wait because you're at the back of the plane that, you wait an extra 20 part. minutes for every grandma child old lady old woman everybody yeah, everyone is so slow getting so off slow the fly. like what the crap old man old people is probably the worst even, and, uh, and young people, Can too. Can you get my bag, Shani? Yeah. So you wait an extra 20 minutes for them to get your bag. And then, when it's finally your turn to get up from your seat with your one backpack that you brought and leave. The your backpack was 51 pounds? No, it was my, oh, my like, axe, my suitcase that oh, I check. Yeah. yeah. Not my backpack. <laughs> but, yeah, you finally get off. You get to the front of the plane. The flight attendant says, thank you for flying with Southwest, sir. I hope you have such a wonderful day. And you say, no, I won't have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. Did you? Did you and you order, storm like, off the plane. Did you get to order, like, snacks or drinks or anything? They have, like... A little, so they they don't give you a full can of coke. Oh yeah, it's like the they give you like six ounce ones, or... like maybe six ounces at best. Yeah, and it's really and it's like... mostly ice. So you get yeah. six ounces of ice and like a hint of coke in it if you're lucky. <laughs> coke flavored ice. Yeah, pretty much. You Sadly get off the not plane, the real coke. You walk, and then you realize you still have a checked bag. So you walk down to check baggage, another mile from your terminal. You get to check baggage, they haven't even started. Oh yeah, it takes them like ten years to start. Right? Yes, and, and once they start, like standing right in front, your so you bag see. just so happens to be the last bag on it. And then by the time you finally get your bag, you walk outside. You call your ride and you say, "Where are you?" Twenty minutes away. Fine. So you sit outside. The airport is just waiting. It's the most terrible feeling. Like, what do you do? 20 minutes outside in the cold, cold wind it's not and cold weather. in Arizona. In Texas, when I came back, it was very cold. It was chilly. Oh, and you came back. Yeah. Okay, okay. But it, it gets cold. I was like, Arizona is 100 year at round. At nights. At nights. Arizona is 100 year round, Carly. Like, even winter, about? it was pretty. It, I mean, I've never been there. It got kind of chilly in winter. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like, it got like, like, like 60s. No, I don't think it ever mm. does. Maybe in northern, but like, yeah. not where I stayed. Anyway. You wait that 20 minutes for your ride. And then in that 20 minutes, when you're finally able to cool off and not be a sweaty, hot mess, you can sit there and finally relax until your ride gets there. And they yell at you because your flight got in at 11. And they have work tomorrow. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I will forever, ever, ever hate the godless hellscape that is the airport. Thank you. This was my TED Talk. So Carter, your spring break sounded like 
Well, did you have fun though? I had fun on, on the okay. break. I had fun on the break. That yeah. was the fun part. But the... my dog did get put down though. Oh. But I had fun on that part. Yeah. Um, not the dog dying part. Well, um, sadly, he had to go to the airport twice. Yeah. Um, the way back. Um, every it's... time it gets worse. Yeah, it's 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 always worse. Cause on the way there, you're like anticipating it, but on the way back, you're just like done with done with the whole thing. You just want to go home. Yeah. Like when, when I, spring... I was come back from Hawaii, that's exactly how I was. I was in Hawaii for two freaking weeks. Wow. Bro. It's a 14 hour flight followed by like another yeah. four hour flight. Jeez. That's besides the point. Let's so, so, yeah. so my spring break was pretty uneventful, but I did go see Batman, the new Batman movie. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Are um, you vengeance now? I am vengeance. I am vengeance. But I am vengeance. <laughs> um, but I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I don't know what I want to say about that. But then, also at mini golfing with my brother and his really? friends, and there were nine of us total. I was kind of like a last minute thing. He was like, "Hey, want to go with us?" And I was like, "Oh, sure." And this was it. This he reminded me like after we went, I saw the movie with like some of them, and but they all like they were like two couples and like two best friends and like other two best friends. So I was like a ninth wheel here, <laughs> which was kind of awkward. But like I already knew all of them because my brother's friends. I'd hung out with them before and like yeah. knew my brother and stuff. Yeah, I get so that. it wasn't a big deal but it was really fun but then the drive home was probably the most fun part <laughs> so we were, oh, where were i don't know but it was like an hour away at least where i from where i okay. live if not like an hour 30 but we're driving and so my friends Allie and peyton they're driving and they got like a little bit ahead of us and so we're like well we're not gonna let that happen we're driving on the highway <laughs> we maneuver past cars to finally pass them they see us they speed up. Allie's yeah. having none of it. She speeds up. She's like, I'm not letting y'all pass me, but my brother and my dad's big truck, he's like, uh-uh-uh. He speeds forwards. His girlfriend's sitting in the passenger seat like, slow down, Christian. <laughs> and he's like, no, I won't. And so me, three of us in the back seat, me, Smash, and Luis, we're all like, yeah, yeah. And so we go past her. We finally cut him off. And we get past him, and we just keep going. They're out of sight. And that was fun. That was already fun. You could tell Allie and Peyton were mad, especially Allie because she was driving. But then, after we had completely lost him, some guy, who I'm guessing is around 17, 18, 19, uh-huh. smug teenager. Okay. He, we're on the highway, he pulls in a lane on the right of us, and he's in a small car, we're in a big truck. He looks up at my brother and just smirks and passes him and then gets in his lane. He wanted to race. Like, you could tell in his eyes. He was there to race. Oh, yeah. he, he saw a car full of teenagers, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's on. My brother didn't see it, but everyone else somehow were all looking right there and saw it. He smirked. We got on the other lane. We went past, and we were going back and forth and back and forth. He kept looking at us. And then one time, when we finally passed him, he's like, has his hand on the, on the center console, and he just looks at us. And he's just like disgusted as we pass him. It was the best feeling ever. The whole time, Aaron, my other girlfriend, she's like, slow down, slow down. And I mean, we weren't going that fast, but it was just, it was great. It was so much oh, fun. Yeah. And then. That's not, this is not the story I was like expecting, bro. Yeah. No, but he, he, like, I don't know what was up with him, but he was like, he wanted to race us. And then once we passed uh-huh. him, he was so, he was so upset. He was great. We were all cheering. And then we thought he would like come and try and pass us again, uh-huh. but I think he either turned or, or like got off the highway, or we just got too far ahead of him. But yeah, that was all I had to talk about. I think for spring break, that was the most eventful thing. Well, yeah, I have a story kind of similar to that. I was going with my mom. We went to Cracker Barrel and we took my car because just because I wanted to take my car. 
And so we took my car and then we were on the way back and I have a big sub in my car. So it's super loud and you can hear it from like other cars. And so I had the radio on and I was jamming some Rage Against the Machine. And we pull up beside like this big old Tacoma and this guy's in the front in the driver's side and he's got his girl and he's like looking down and he can see me rocking out and then he starts rocking out with me yeah. and we're just like following each other like speeding like a hundred nice. like a hundred we're just rocking out like like six songs go by and then he finally pulls off yeah, and he's like oh nice. damn and said yeah. and then you know we got home so but like there are some fun people on the road like yeah my brother was saying he's like this is why he likes to drive is because there are fun people on the road yeah and it's like although like you may be speeding a little bit like if you're smart and responsible and they don't like drinking or anything. They're like, you can have fun on the road when there's other people. Even if you order. Like, no, what? No, what? no, no. No, no, no. You don't drink and drive. That's yeah. a no, no. No influences. The only influences you should be listening, to, you should be on is us. The lasagna podcast. The lasagna podcast. We're influencers, of yeah, course. Yeah, so that's the only influence. Yeah, we're the we're good, we're a good influence though. Yeah, plug your phone in, open up Spotify, listen yeah. to this episode of the lasagna podcast while you're driving, if you um. want. Or yeah. if you don't drive, listen to it while, while your mom's biking. driving, while and make her your mom listen to yeah. it, and your dad and your brothers. Hi mom. Hi hi dad. I, I love you. We both uh, I miss love you. you. I miss you. We wish you would come home. Yeah. I... Also, stop being so mean to your child. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, they're responsible. I promise. Both okay, Carter. Friends. Yeah. Do you like lasagna? I love lasagna. It is delicious. What's your opinion on pasta? Is it? Pasta's good. Pasta's good. Pasta's my favorite food group. Okay. Uh, unless chicken's food group, maybe chicken I is mean, like poultry. I guess you could say. Yeah, but... poultry, pasta, they're up there. Yeah. But because our podcast <clears throat> is themed around lasagnas and lizards, if you could make a lasagna with like the layers, you know, of mm-hmm. like sauce and like some kind of carb or maybe something else. Yeah. Wh- I was thinking it's not traditionally made with lasagna. Like traditionally, okay, yeah. it's like sauce and pasta. Yeah. I Out of other saying. foods. What lasagna would you make for yourself? Ooh, that's that's a really good question. I like that. Ooh, PB and J. Think about Peanut that. Like, and jelly like a dessert lasagna. So like instead of like sauce and lasagna, or sauce like sauce, it's like peanut butter and jelly, like the Smuckers like mix. You know, uh-huh. isn't this just a stack of peanut butter and jelly? No, but instead of like bread, you do like tortillas. Oh. Tortilla peanut butter and jelly are actually this. good. If you've never had one, you should try it. I've had them before. Yeah, they're, they're so good. good. I used to make them all the time. Yeah, I not when I Ooh. when I go home after we eat dinner tonight, I'm probably gonna go have one for dessert. Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds good. good. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Well, what about? Do you have an idea to one for one? Oh gosh, I was not prepared for <laughs> you to ask me. I should have been. Gosh, so unprepared. maybe like chicken. Ooh, okay. Okay, I know like cheese sauce be so runny you can like keep it contained. Yeah. Well, say yeah. it's in like a box or something. Uh huh. Chicken, cheese, fries. You chicken Ooh, one layer. That sounds cheese so. Cheese on a layer. That sounds good. Fry another I layer. I love that. I love that idea. Or maybe you have like I walls love that idea. made out of like fries. Fry yeah. and then there's chicken like and waffle cheese fries stacked. you have to do right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a little box made of waffle fries. Yeah, that's it so- has layer of cheese. That sounds layer so good. Oh. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds so good. That's, That's a good idea. I had nacho fries the other day at my UIL competition. I actually... So there's this place on our square called Trinity Street Coffee. And like... We're getting a dog's car. We already have a really... We, no one cares. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone I know, including Torin, 
like loves this place. Loves this place. It's good. That and the restaurant that's yeah. connected with it, Trinity good Street macaroni. Restaurant. It's good. I thought, yeah. And I tried like the actual coffee part for the first time Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, when I tell you I've never had a better $6 cup of coffee. <laughs> $6. I've never had a better $6 cup of coffee. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, it got, it was called the world's best cup of coffee. Oh. Or the world's best cup or something like that. Yeah. And it was, it was so good. I love it. I really want to go back and get another one. Yeah. I don't drink coffee. I've actually not a big coffee guy, but most coffee places have like other things like, like frappuccino, like, like good teas or something I can always find that's good. I've started to become... Kind of more like my dad, because he's a bit, always kind of been a coffee guy, because he drinks he drinks coffee every morning. Like when I was in Arizona, we drink coffee every morning, like just get the day the day started. But yeah, so I've been I've started to become kind of a more of a coffee head, and this when I tell you this is good coffee, this is good yeah. coffee. But yeah, so that's something new. Um, and my dad drinks coffee some, but not a lot. But my well, my brothers. It's got me into cool teas. Yeah. Um, I, I want to buy one of those, like, variety packs off of Amazon. It's, like, 50 yeah. different, like, tea bags. And then just try, like, all of them. Yeah. You there's mean, so many different kinds of teas. You know what else kind of energy is really good? Gamer subs. Gamer subs. Gamer, I love gamer subs. Hey, I gamer have, subs, if you're listening, if you want to sponsor us, we're um, open to we, any yeah, deal. I have three different ones. I have um, yeah. the best. I have really good ones. Well, we're very Since good advertisers. Some mango. I We've like the mango. We've convinced 66 people to listen to this. Anyway, I, uh, I really love the mango flavor. I, I got a sample pack of it Yeah. when I ordered a waifu cup. I also uh, love okay. that. I drink about it every. I drink out of it like every morning. And I wash <laughs> it every day, like every new batch. Yeah, it's, it's sitting right yeah. there. I might order a new one. They just dropped a new one today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I might order it. But anyway. So if you're um, a gamer and you need some energy. Drink gamer subs. I love it. They also have caffeine-free gamer subs now. So We're not sponsored, but we could be. We we could be. We could have code lasagna. Yeah, code lasagna podcast. Code Torn, code Carter. But yeah. Cool kid Carter. Yeah. And we're also going to try and come out with merch eventually. Oh, yeah, we'll have merch. We're going to try and do hats. Long sleeves, short sleeves, mm-hmm. hoodies, um, baby wear, um, onesies for yeah, babies and for adult ease. <laughs> yeah, and uh-huh. um, we're gonna do cups, mugs, socks, hats, headset hats, jackets. Not yeah, just we'll do everything. Shoes. If you're interested, even. we can put our logo on anything. Yeah, um, we're very good at designing. Yeah, we things. have a lot. Of, we have some good ideas. We'll put. We'll post them on our Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and we'll have a vote. Mm-hmm. on what we like the best and whatever it wins will be our first merch drop so yeah yeah we'll get that going yeah anyway uh and if you don't buy one then you're kind of a bad friend yeah it's yeah you really should buy some lasagna podcast merch yeah so anyway let's roll into our next segment all right so on the last episode we had a segment where we put pokemon on a tier list we have another fun segment like that today Called Wedded Weeding with Roran and Rarder. Yeah. Okay, so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna read you some Reddit stories, Carter, and you're gonna guess the subreddit. I am, okay. And we're also just gonna react. Yeah, um, so let me right. find this first one. Okay. So, okay. This is from a pretty well known subreddit, I'd say. Okay. So, it goes So, my boyfriend, 26, and I, 23, have been together for just over three years. We broke up briefly in our first year, but it didn't last long. Fast forward to the last three months. Things have been a little bit rocky. 
even though he wants me to move in with him, I can't imagine my life without him. But I also am not sure he's the one for me. I believe we both have toxic traits inherited from our parents. I see a counselor to break the cycle, but he refuses, believing he doesn't need to, and I can't force him, obviously. Anyway, today he found out his stepdad has cancer and will start chemo tomorrow. He has been quite unwell the last couple of months. I began to research the type of cancer, realizing it was one I was familiar with under a different name that I never heard before. I mentioned this to him in case he didn't know. I don't know if that was a bad idea. I just mentioned it after I told him to keep me updated with the treatment tomorrow. That message pretty much sent him off like crazy. I couldn't even look at the messages without breaking down in tears. He swore at me, told him I questioned him, and tried to correct him. He called me a dickhead, a psycho, etc. Dude, this boyfriend is crazy. I was shocked, but I apologized and reminded him that I understand he's upset, and I wasn't trying to further upset him, and I didn't mean anything other than to innocently tell him something I didn't know. Maybe he didn't know it either. I told him I would leave him alone and give him space. I told him that that I can never be there for him when he treats me like that. He said, go f yourself, because he doesn't want me anywhere near him. I apologized again and reminded him if he needed me, I was there. He said, f off, I'm done with you. Dude, what the crap? Oh my this gosh, that's so rude. Yeah, there's, okay. No, there's more. Okay. I understand he's super hurt. I get it. I've lost people to some terrible diseases. I know cancer can f things up and make people emotional, but I get, I get it. Oh, I get it, and, I'm, and, and am I being selfish for being hurt about this? I blocked him on social media, but he can still text or call if he needed something. I'm so sick of games, he said he's done, and I lost it. To be honest, not an excuse, but in this emotional state, I got my period. It's been a couple hours and I haven't heard from him, which makes sense. I'm scared to contact him after my childish outbreak such blocking spree, and I don't want to set him off or, feel, or upset him. I feel like I'm being selfish. Wow. And there's a little bit more, but I can't say it or it would reveal, reveal what subreddit it is. Okay. So, that's hard. Okay. Yeah, this could be a lot of different ones, I think. But, I think the thing about her wondering if she's selfish, I think, is really the thing that's, that's standing it out. Oh, or slash, am I the asshole? Yeah. Okay. And so there's a little bit, well, there's some edits. We'll, we'll see. Okay. He mentioned he can't believe I would say that after the news I just heard. His stepdad is lovely, and it's heartbreaking for me to hear this news about him, but I don't know what I said wrong, and I'm, sh I'm not sure if my boyfriend expects me to be on the same level of sadness as he is. I'm upset to hear this. Please don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't expect him to be as sad as me if I heard this news about my parents. This comment alone might make me sound like an asshole, but I think I'm being realistic. I don't know what I've done wrong here, but I feel so left out. And then... Did they say what happened? Darn. Yeah. Is it just that's, that's it? Yeah. Wow. That was... Yeah, honestly, that, that is like is kind of crazy. I mean... Yeah, he, they both sound like they kind of need help with that. So. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's hard because if it's, that happens to you, like someone gets like cancer, you know, is like sick. Like, it's kind of hard. It puts a lot of stress it. and it's... Some people can't take that out. I think that's like... I'm gonna get a little serious here for a second. Yeah. I think that's what like defines maturity for me is that like you can control your emotions or at least when you can't, you know you did it wrong and you can apologize. Yeah, for it. definitely. But if you can't control your emotions, you don't realize you that you just said something because you were emotional 
and don't try and fix it and try to be better next time, uh -huh. then that's immaturity to me. Yeah, so I, that I, guy I totally just seems understand really that. Immature. Yeah, that really, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And it, it's sad that in the relationship, he made her feel like she might be the asshole. Here, yeah, which it sound like, at least from what she said, that she was just trying. He's to just help. pushing his pain onto her. Yeah, he wants someone else to mm -hmm. feel the way you know he feels. And then he doesn't realize that that's gonna make him feel worse if they're having issues while yes. all this is going on. Yes, and he's not gonna think it's his fault either. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I have some shorter ones that I think are pretty okay. funny. Let's hear some. Let's uh, let's lighten the mood. So, this is a text from WhatsApp, I think. It's just a screenshot of one message. It says, Okay. One day I was getting coffee in Starbucks, and I and I put my name down as the sexiest trans girl in LA. <laughs> when, the, when the barista called out my order, this uber straight looking guy yells, Gross, be gone. I broke into tears and two other straight boys beat the transphobe up and the shop clapped me to make me feel better. That, that's Wow. Guess what's up right that song? Duh, um... The last line is just crazy. And the shop clapped me to make me feel better. I did legit. Oh, then there's two hard emojis at the end also. Just, just so you know. Okay. Uh, that's actually a hard one to guess. I would say r slash revenge or something like that. It's r slash that happened. That ha okay. Yeah, I love that subreddit because it's like, like almost all of them are like yeah that, that didn't happen. Yeah, that's okay. I that's, think when people funny. make up stories on social media, there's sometimes the best. Like I'll make yes. up stories to tell people, like exaggerate or kind of make them yeah, up just because okay. it's kind of fun. But that one was just crazy. like kind of like how comedians do, you know? Mm -hmm. They play it up. Yeah. Oh, this one's good. This guy says. I love cheating. If you don't cheat, what the hell is wrong with you? And some guy comes back and says, have you ever been cheated on? And he responds, I forget some people are, are in relationships. To clarify, I love to violate academic integrity on exams. <laughs> Which one do you think that's from? Can you read that one again? I love I'll cheating. Or this is, uh, I think, a Tumblr post. But he says, I love cheating. If you don't cheat, what the hell is wrong with you? And another person responds, have you ever been cheated on? Then he says, I forgot some people are in relationships. To clarify, I love to violate academic integrity on exams. <laughs> uh, I would say like r slash teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, this one I think will be really funny to you. I don't think you'll guess it. Okay. It's very out there. <laughs> I think this will be funny. So it's a Facebook comment. It's okay. just like a screenshot of just part of it. It says, I also taught my girls about the freddian scale and how it's actually total, totally normal to be attracted to the same gender at certain times and doesn't make you weird or bisexual i mentioned to him that bisexual is satan's favorite word right now because it's confusing because you're still attracted to the opposite sex but you get along better with the same gender at middle school age hmm. i i have no words for that yeah like one that's Facebook just or something stupid like it's <laughs> r slash ex-mormons ex-mormons yeah the title of the host says on this episode of stupid stuff mormons say also i think i need a shirt now that just says satan's favorite word <laughs> we, we should we'll, we'll make that we'll make yeah that i was shirt. looking on r slash ex-mormons and there are some really funny parts. okay we'll have to look at that yeah i'm gonna join r slash ex-mormons mm -hmm. i have the book of mormon right here as you all know we read one verse yeah um, at, at the end it's, at, it's our tradition yeah okay i have one okay okay for you okay 
So my daughter, 15, has been friends with a girl who lives opposite for years now. And in the past, there have been sleepover, sleepovers at both of our houses. Adults always stopped and chatted when we saw each other, etc. Last year, my daughter came out as a lesbian. And a short while later, we noticed that our friends across the road never seemed to want to chat anymore. Recently, my daughter told me her friend had messaged her that to say she wasn't allowed around her our house anymore yesterday i saw them on the road and i decided to i was going to have a friendly chat and oh, no. see if i could resolve the issue it didn't say friendly very long dickhead dad was acting oddly agitated when i brought it up ended up saying i'm not letting your queer daughter try to do stuff to redacted oh my just God. because you have raised a freak doesn't mean we all have to like it Side note for anyone who doesn't know, although the term queer has been somewhat reclaimed by the LGBTQ community in the past years, it has a long history of being used as a homophobic slur and dickhead dad definitely wasn't using it as an ally. Now, for the next part, it's important to know four things. Number one, dickhead dad has been working from home since the pandemic started. His wife hasn't and works each day. I have number three. I have been working from home due to injury for a few weeks now. And number four, I have seen the woman who visits for a few hours a couple times a week, Ooh. and I've seen him smack her ass as she leaves. I stay nice and calm and take a breath, and then I press the button. I calmly explain to Dickhead Dad that just because my daughter is gay doesn't mean that she would be. Trying to make a move on a friend after all, I say. Men and women can be friends without it being sexual, just like you and that blonde girl who keeps coming around. Oh. He got pretty mad and called me some amazing names as his wife stomped back to their house. I'm guessing things got pretty bad as he left the house less than an hour later with a suitcase and a oh, gym wow. bag and drove off, tires screeching. I do feel sorry for the daughter. If I'm honest, and if only for her, I did wish afterwards I'd kept my mouth shut. Not sorry for him, though. So, uh, what, what's up, Reddy? Okay. At first, I was thinking entitled parents because, like, of the dad, but then the yeah. ending made me think that it's. Uh, I don't know if r slash revenge? r slash nuclear revenge, yeah. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, the end, uh, I was like, they definitely, they definitely got back at that dad. Yes. Okay. Okay. I also. Something that I, while I was doing this, I found cool is on r slash ask reddit, which is, if you don't know, a subreddit. Oh, yeah, I love this. Where people will ask funny questions, serious questions, and people can just freely respond. Dirty questions. So, yeah, there are a lot of dirty ones. There's, uh, there's like one called like after dark ask reddit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so instead of guessing the subreddit, I'm going to give an answer and Card needs to guess the question. Okay. So... Oh, it's, it's load. Okay. So this is the answer. A girl I was friends with threatened to call the company I worked for and make up something I didn't do to get me fired because I refused to take a day off to spend time with her after a breakup. Although I offered to, to come over after work multiple days, I took a screenshot of her threat and told her I'd go straight to the police if she actually did that. While this thing an ex has done? That, see, it seems so extreme. The question is, 
What made you nope out of the friendship? Wow. Yeah. Like, they were friends with this person until that happened, which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, me too. Okay. I have a really funny one. Okay, let's hear it. It's a poem someone wrote for the answer. I will not give. I will not go. I will not drop the bait below. I will not dump. I will not do. I will not force a number two. <laughs> I will not press. I will not push. I will not light my pucker tush. I will not pop a squat to wit. I will not shart. I will not shart. I will not. Sh my stool is cool. My deuce is dear. It's all that's left of yesteryear. You think I will, but I will not. I must not poop. It's all I've got. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know what to, what to say for that. That, is, that was probably the best one I found. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, so I don't, ex Mormons. No. The, the question is. People who haven't pooped yet in 2019, people who haven't pooped in 2019 yet, why are you still holding on to last year's? Oh gosh, okay, here, let me go back. I have one that's a little bit NSFW, so if you're, you're all too young or all too old, you might want to click skip ahead like five minutes or so. Let me. Okay, <laughs> this answer is from the same guy who wrote that other poem. Okay. It's also a poem. With great pleasure comes great irresponsibility. I would use it, he was saying. I would use it every day. When the monks and nuns are praying, when the baseball players play, I would use it after dinner, at the office, in the park, while aboard an ocean liner, at the movies after dark. I would take the time to choose it for all the purposes ahead, and I, and I use it, and I would use it irresponsibly, he said. Huh. At first, that seems kind of weird, but once you hear the answer, or the question, it's very what? funny. I did this is hard this is a lot harder than the other one because I don't there's there's a lot more nuance in asking a question yeah yeah I don't know you have to guess okay remember the title of this poem is with great pleasure comes great irresponsibility <laughs> pleasure is in italics just so you okay know. pleasure Whoa. I feel like it's a what would you do question. It. Yeah. Okay. What would you do if you had boobs for a day? Ooh, that's good. But that's actually, I, I can definitely say that. It's you wake up with the ability to make people orgasm on command. Oh. What, how do you wield this power? Oh my god. <laughs> I like the things about the monks and the nuns. <laughs> okay, I got it now. Yeah. I, I don't know how I... Or when I found the other poem guy, I clicked on his account and to his comments and then found this one. I was like, that's so good. <laughs> okay. Well, for our last Reddit post, I have a really good one. It's really long. I read it last night. And I just want Torin to experience it okay. for the first time this um, afternoon. I'll go ahead and tell you because it'll be easy to guess. This yeah. is from r slash nuclear revenge. Okay. All right. This is a very sensitive one. Rape, drugging. Stuff like that. So if you're sensitive to that stuff, this is your chance to be warned. Yeah. Don't click off. Just skip past couple minutes. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. Yeah. So the title of this is Try Not to Drug and Rape an Innocent Girl at a Party. No. Not while I'm here. Okay. So, to put it simply, I was a little as a kid. I used to steal from stores and family, swear and throw things at random people walking down the street, was smoking from the age of 12 and didn't give a about anyone but my friends. They were my real family after all, or so I thought. And the group of all five of us 
would cause trouble every single day. My parents thought in my later year, years would have told me they should have been more effective in their discipline. Really, they weren't to blame. I was just a mixed up kid. I used to think that doing all this stuff made me cool. I can't really describe how superior I felt when, a grown, when grown adults were afraid of me. But I made, it made me feel powerful. And power was something I craved when I was younger. I could go on and on about my sins, but the fact is, I was just in the head. I've made it amends where I can to who I could, but you're not here for the self-flagellation. You're here for the revenge. So long story short, when I was 16, my parents finally had enough. And despite all of my tantrums and screaming, and even some physical violence against my dad, they decided to put me in a school for troubled youth. I call it a school, but what it really was, was a military institution that taught discipline in the most brutally effective ways, well, I, ways, while throwing some literacy and numeracy classes along the way. Without going into much detail, I'll say this school changed me. Well, aggressive, violent, cocky, and near homicidal when I first dumped onto their doorstep, the men who ran this camp broke me down. I was there for just over a year. No phone calls, no visits to home, no access to the outside world. For one year, I had this camp and these counselors, these real life hard ass men teach me how much of a stain I really was. By the end of my second summer, I was, I was changed, kid. I'd fought and screamed and got my ass kicked more times than I could count, but eventually I was beaten down. These men taught me, these, re, these men taught me that real men simply don't act the way I did. And that type of path I was headed down would lead me either in jail or dead. They were, they were brutally honest about it, especially this one counselor, Jay. By the end of my stay, I considered Jay a second father. Thought I hated him at first for making me feel inferior, but he really did me a favor, teaching me how toxic my behavior was. And to this day, I still think of him as something of a hero. He was the main person who deemed me ready to go to return home. But back to the story. It's getting really wrong, so let's go to the real story. All right, all right. When I returned home, I, I, had changed, I had changed from an abusive little prick to a somewhat civilized young man, ready to go back, ready to take on my last year of high school. I was so nervous to go back since I'd adopt, adapted to the disciplinary lifestyle, but I was also excited. I missed my friends and hoped they would accept me back despite the fact that I hadn't spoken to them in over a year. And to my relief, I was accepted back to them with open arms. One of my closest friends had moved states since I had been away, but the other three were ecstatic to see me. Over the next few weeks, I settled down. I didn't spend a lot of time out of school. My parents were kind of testing how I'd, much I'd matured since returning and were setting boundaries on when I could go out and how long I could stay out and where I could go, etc. 
I was determined to prove to them I wasn't the same that had ruined their lives all those years ago. So I followed their rules. And so only really talked to my friends during school. All this is relevant because of what happened next. All this is relevant because of what happened next. I had joined the high school football team all three of my friends were a part of. And one evening after practice, all my teammates were in the gym, sweaty and dirty, but pleased with ourselves. I was laughing and chatting with my three best friends so much I didn't really notice that they, we were the last in the gym. But that's what happens when the conversation started turning bad. One of my friends, I'll call him friend one, for simplicity, started telling me about a college party they were planning on going to and how they'd been crashing college parties for a few months now. Since it was easy access to girls and booze, I was hesitant about it because I didn't think my mom and dad would agree to let me go. But then, friend one started talking about this girl he was planning on inviting. A girl who went to the same school as us, but not, not one, I thought. A girl who went to the same school as us, but not one I thought of, thought friend one had a real relationship with. I knew her, but I didn't know her. He started to tell both my other friends and me that he'd been trying to get into her bed for a while and she kept making excuses. So he planned on taking to the party and finally smashing her. Bro. Yes. When I asked him in a joking way, what makes you so sure she won't reject you again? He looked me dead in the eye and said as casually as you pleased the most chilling sentence I have ever heard in my life. I'm just gonna slip something into her drink. It loosen her up. No problem. At first, I just kind of awkwardly laughed, thinking it was some f***ed up joke, but they weren't laughing with me. When I asked him if he was serious, he told me he was sick of her games. And I knew she was just, and she, he knew she was just stringing him along and that the pills would just make things easier. I could not believe my ears. I excused myself from the conversation pretty quickly and practically bolted home most likely driving through several stop signs but I really don't remember I spent the whole night convincing myself my friends were just messing around a few more days passed and the conversation in the locker room is all but forgotten though they hadn't shut up about the party and kept insisting that I just sneak out and join them I got called up repeatedly for telling them that I wasn't because of my parents, but again, I just brushed them off. Then, then the sh finally hits the fan. During yet another after-school training session, we all end up last in the locker rooms. And friend one does something I would have never expected in a thousand years. All three of them have been talking about, excuse me, all three of all three of them had been talking about the party this whole time. Then friend one starts rummaging through the through his gym bag and tells us to look at this. And then tosses friend two a small bag of little pink 
pills. Oh, gosh. Not Pepto-Bismol, I assure you. Immediately, I feel the blood drain from my face, and like bombs going off in my head, a voice in my mind is screaming, Holy sh this is really happening. This is serious. Holy sh It's really hard to describe what I was feeling when friend one started going into detail about how he planned on inviting the girl to the party, slipping something into her drink, and making use of one of the frat boys' bedrooms for a few hours. Uh, I was sick. Like, literally could have hurled up everything from my stomach all over the floor as I listened to all three of them talk about how awesome the party was going to be. After just describing how they were planning to rape a girl. <sighs> I couldn't take it. And again, I ran off. I actually did end up puking later that night, going over and over in my head what the f I had just witnessed. I almost couldn't believe it. These three boys had been my friends for 15 years. I thought of them as my own family. I thought I knew them better than anyone. But one year away and this? I tell you that I actually broke down crying that night. I'm not ashamed to admit it. What I'm ashamed of is how long it actually took to get a grip and handle it. I knew I should have told someone, but in some way, my loyalties were still screwed. Don't crucify me for it. I know now what I should have done, but I was 17, and these were my best friends. I didn't want them to get in trouble, but at the same time, I knew I couldn't let this go down. So, instead of reporting all I'd heard to an adult like a normal person, I decided to sort it all out on my own. So I went to friend one and told him not to do what he'd planned. Told him it was stupid and dangerous and would ruin both his life and the life of the girl he planned on drugging. He didn't even blink. He got right in my face and told me that the school I got sent to had turned me into a that he hated how much I changed and he had even been trying to change me back with friend one and friend three. He even told me how they'd been talking about me behind my back and how they'd planned to give me a turn on the girl once friend one was done with her. Just to show me what I was missing out on. But then he said something I'll never forget. He told me, word for word, I'm doing that little a favor. She's a virgin. And after this party, your mom won't be the only one finally getting some. I punched him. We fought, and we both got sent home on a suspension for fighting. I cannot believe it. I was seething. My best friend had said that to me. My best friend had told me he was going to rape an innocent girl at a party. And I was the for not wanting to join in. I was disgusted. Second to my core. And I was done with him. My parents were disappointed I had gotten suspended shortly after coming home. But I just sat quietly while my mom cried and my dad screamed at me. I know now that I should have told him. But after what friend one said, what friend one said to me, I had this insane notion in my head 
that I was going to get back at him, all on my own. And now, to the revenge. Oh. Oh, yeah, this is where it gets even more juicy. Oh, gosh. After a weekend of being grounded, I went back to school. And the first thing I did was seek out friend one. He was about as bashed up as I was, but he was sporting a nice black eye from where I'd hit him in the face. Friend one and friend two were standing with him, and they glared at me as I approached them. Then I did something that made me feel sick. I apologized to him. I told him I was sorry I hit him, and that he was right. I had changed, and I hated what that school had done to me. I wanted to go back to being the old me again, and surprisingly, they all bought it. Well, yeah. Friend one even hugged it, and I even hugged it out. And I put the cherry on top when I told him that I'd be coming to the party. Now for my dumbass teenage plan. First, I started recording them whenever we were alone together. I wanted to get everything they had said about the party and the girl that they were planning on victimizing on the tape. I knew I needed some kind of proof or it would just be my word against theirs. And after a, after a few days, I had gotten more than enough. But I wasn't done. No, my stupid self had a plan and I was going to fulfill it to the fullest. So the next thing I did was track down the girl, take her aside and tell her everything. She was pissed and scared but I begged her not to go to the police or to tell anyone. I know now that that was stupid as well, but for some reason, she listened to me. I had a plan, a crazy stupid plan, to teach them all a lesson. So I told her to tell friend one that she was going to meet him at the party, but to just stay home so she could stay safe. Later that day, friend one started bragging about how the girl had accepted his invitation and everything was going to plan. And I sat there, phone half out of my pocket, recording the whole damn thing. So, the night of the party finally rolls around, and I sneak out, because, you know, I was grounded. I think it's worth mentioning that I was, wasn't filled with the vindication and self-righteousness throughout the whole night. I was second-guessing myself, I had doubts, but in some strange way, I felt betrayed. These three boys had been my brothers since before I could throw a punch, and I felt betrayed that they had gone down this road. What f***ed me up in the head even more was the possibility that I could have ended up this way if my parents hadn't sent me away. It was a strange moment of realization to come to in the middle of a credit for a house surrounded by drunk idiots. But you take what life throws at you. So the night goes on, and friend one is getting steadily more frustrated and drunk that the girl he invited hadn't shown up. I'd make sure to keep an eye in my sights, an eye on him in my sights for the whole night, not wanting him to decide that any old girl would do if he couldn't take the one he'd wanted. I kept an eye on all of them watching as they drank and drank while I stayed as level-headed as possible with some water in a beer can. When midnight came, all three of them were plastered, and I knew that all the girls at the party would be safe by then. By this time, 
the crowd was dying down, and a few people who couldn't hold their liquor were already passed out around the house. And now was my time to shine. While the three of them were occupied with the drinking game, I hunted in friend one's bag and found a little bag of pink pills. Here's where I did something I'm not particularly proud of, but I'll tell you anyway. I slipped one into three beers and handed each one of them to my friends. Wow. Yeah. And I waited. It didn't take long before all three of them were passed out on the floor, along with quite a few other party guests. I then took out a black permanent marker pen from my bag and rapist on all three of their foreheads, took pictures, and immediately uploaded them to our school's Facebook page so everyone who attended our school would see. Admittedly, I didn't really think this part through, since I not only did this in full view of every other conscious person at the party, but also knew the photos wouldn't last that long on the school site before they, before they would be taken down. But since it was a small school in a small town, I didn't doubt that the whole bunch of people would see, see it before a teacher removed the photos. And that's exactly what I wanted. Next came the recordings. When I got home, I got a verbal bludgeoning from my parents for sneaking out, but they stopped when I finally told them what had been happening. They were both shocked and a little disbelieving, but when I played the recordings I'd saved on my phone, they were just as sickened as I was. I was, I was silent in the car as my dad drove to the police station, receiving a lecture about what, how I should have come to him in the first place and what I'd done at the party wasn't necessary but I felt like it was at the time my phone had already blown up with other students c commenting on the pictures of my three ex friends with rapist written on their foreheads and while just a lot of them laughed many were questioning whether there was any truth to it it was what I wanted I wanted everyone to know the truth they really were truth to know who they really were so they had nowhere to hide the hours at the police station were admittedly very scary i'm still debating with myself whether or not i did the right thing but my friends had chosen their own fate i still felt hurt and betrayed they allowed themselves to become this way and even though i felt a little guilt for potentially ruining their future I did what I thought had to be done. As a long story short, the recordings were enough to get them all on charges of planning to commit a crime since the girl, friend one, had been planning on drugging and been, had been named. Their parent, her parents were understandably furious and demanded all three of my ex-best friends were arrested. I would have been too if it were not for the girl telling her parents and the courts I warned her to stay away from friend one and the party. I was charged for my use of an illegal substance since I had admit, admitted to using the pills on my three ex-friends. And also for battery since the permanent marker was seen as a form of assault. But luckily I never got jail time. But I did get a boatload of community service though. All three of them were tried as adults, and it's in a case of attempted rape, but only friend one actually got actual jail time, since he was the one who'd got, gotten the pills and who admitted to using them. The other two only got probation and community service since they were considered accessories to the crime. 
but no one ever let them completely forget it. In our small town, they were completely shunned. I was prepared for the backlash, ready to be jumped by them or something, but strangely enough, I think seeing friend one go to, go to jail for what he did knocked some sense into them. And they wisened up enough to actually get into school without football scholarships since they were both kicked off the team. They never came anywhere near me again, which surprised me, but I no longer cared. In my mind, my friends were dead to me. Before long, all of this went down, and by the time I moved away to college, it was all behind me. I'm in my final year of college now, and I still think about those three Sometimes, I think about how if my parents hadn't sent me to that special school, I might have ended up just like them. Oddly enough, I do miss them at times, but I know it's the memory of the kids I miss, not the men they turned into. I thank my parents continuously for, saying, for sending me to that place, and even got some approval from Jay when I went, when I felt man enough to tell him some of what happened. I don't know all what will happen to friend one when he gets out of jail, but a part of me hopes he learns his lesson and moves on with his life like I have. Jay called me a few days ago to check up and I told him this whole story, which was kind of why I'm telling the internet now. I guess the moral of the story is to stand up to your friends when you know they're doing something wrong, but maybe not in the stupid way I did. Always involve others more qualified to deal with situations you're not sure about. Even if you're headstrong, stubborn as a teenager who thinks you know everything. Wow. Yeah, that is that's then. crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe that people even like consider that could do that. That could legit be that evil and so sick yeah. in their mind it's that like they would do that There's something mentally wrong with those kids. And the fact that, like, he thought they were his friends. Yeah. And that, like, the like fact you that think people are, like, decent people and then you just, they reveal themselves, they reveal themselves for you and you want nothing like, to do with it. But you, sometimes, like, that you have to have something to do with it so that you can stop it. It's, it's crazy. It's yeah, it's like, wild to think about that and it... And at least really? that girl didn't end up getting raped, but I'm sure this yeah, happened before. It's where very it has. fortunate. I mean, there's so many situations where that could have happened. Where friend one, uh, where the guy posted the poster, could have, you know, just went, went went with it and let her get raped and let yeah. him have a turn. You know, it's sickening to think about how much it just happens. You know. Yeah. It is the truly world is a scary place, and if you don't surround yourself with the right people. If you don't surround yourself with the right people, you'll, you know, end up like them. But it's almost scary because then if no one's there to stop them, then what happens? And yeah, hopefully if he didn't step in, someone else at the party would have. Yeah, but you can never know. At college parties, everyone's drinking and probably doing drugs. And yeah, stuff. you want to you want to surround yourself with good people. Yeah, with people who trust you, with people who you can trust. Because yeah, even if you're a good person, if you're around, maybe it won't bad, always that'll rub off onto them. Yeah. And maybe it'll rub more off onto you. So. All right. So that's, I think, all we have for, for today's today, podcast. Which that you was know. a very deep. This is a more deep podcast we went to. Too. Um, I think it was, it was good. You know, to close out, I know we haven't said this. I've been, I've been trying to say it on the podcast a couple of times. I think I have, but 
we're shooting for you know one podcast a week mm. we usually record these on weekends and then record them typically they're uploaded the same day but for everyone wondering we're gonna try and get one a week out you know mm-hmm. except for like breaks and stuff you know a little yeah. remote but other than that this had been has been the uh, Zanya podcast. podcast and now for a verse from the book of mormon this is first nephi chapter 3 verse 17 for he knew that Jerusalem must be destroyed because of the wicked wickedness of the people. Exactly. The people. And that's that's the moral of the story, that people suck. The wicked people. Anyway, thanks for listening. listening. Bye. Oh no, those trash, watch your dad.